Welcome into the 194th episode of the Young Terps podcast. Mason Viner joined by Jack Rothenberg tonight talking about the Terps upcoming game coming off the bye week 4 and 2 Maryland against 4 and 2 Minnesota uh on the road in Minneapolis. The Terps coming in anywhere between a 5 and 7 point underdog. I've seen it. Jack, what are your thoughts on the Gophers? Yeah, they they put together a good performance last week against Nebraska and they're definitely a beatable team for the Terps, so I'm excited to see how this matchup plays out because I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, going over the season for P.J. Flex Minnesota Golden Gophers, uh, it started off with a week one loss to Ohio State at home, 45-31. to They followed that up with wins against Miami of Ohio and their most impressive win of the year, 30 to nothing over Colorado. They then lost at home to Bowling Green, 14-10. to uh, entered the Big Ten regular season with a win over now number 25 Purdue, 20 to 13. And last week, as Jack mentioned, a win against what's been a bit of a tricky Nebraska team, 30 to 23. The Gophers led by their quarterback, Tanner Morgan, and what was coming into the season a dominant rushing attack, but Jack has fallen off with some injuries. Yeah, they've definitely fallen off with some injuries, but they ran the ball pretty well last week against. Nebraska, uh, Bryce Williams went for 127 yards and a touchdown. So I wouldn't rule out their rushing attack because it's still pretty prevalent as they use it a lot in their offense. Yeah, and and when looking at this Minnesota team, a team that obviously under P.J. Fleck has done a lot of things uh, that that work well against Maryland historically, but the Terps in Minnesota fairly even series since Maryland joined the Big Ten. Uh, a big offensive line that like to run the football. But a change in philosophy, because I've watched a couple of games from them, uh, a big change for me last week was they relied on their quarterback, Tanner Morgan, who's been somewhat turnover prone on the season. Uh, but against Nebraska, he put together a 20 of 24 performance for 209 yards, two touchdowns, along with two picks. Where do you kind of see Minnesota's offense being able to attack a Terps defense that, that's looking pretty uh, depleted, especially with the loss of Darrell Achime? Uh, for the season, as Coach Loxley said on Tuesday. Yeah, so I went back and I watched that game against Nebraska, and what Minnesota did is they used a lot of tight ends and extra offensive linemen on the offensive line to sort of match what the defense was showing in the box, which allowed them to run the football pretty well. And off of that, Tanner Morgan was using play action to find receivers deep down the field, and that's where you saw him get that high completion percentage because of because of what he was able to do off of the rushing attack. So I think. First and foremost, from what I saw last week, Maryland needs to stop the run. Even though, like we were talking about earlier, they've had a bunch of injuries in that area, but they're still able to run the football pretty well. Yeah, what we will see uh, kind of what comes, the leading uh, healthy rusher for the Golden Gophers on the season uh, is Bryce Williams took the load of the carries last week with 117 yards, is Marquise Irving still up for the Gophers, or are they now on their fourth uh, running back of the year? He he played last week, yeah. He had uh, seven carries for 28 yards last week against Nebraska. Yeah, so Minnesota down to their third and fourth leading rusher on the season. Looks like Bryce Williams has taken uh, the job. And, and a guy that many Terp fans will remember, Chris Ottman-Bell, uh, receiver for Minnesota that's that's played well throughout his career the leading receiver for Minnesota this year 18 catches for 231 yards and only two touchdowns he's a guy that was talked a lot about and will be talked 
about during the broadcast from ESPN2 uh, at 3.30 on Saturday because he's a guy that a lot of Minnesota fans and experts thought would really step up this year and a lot of sports writers uh, around the country that had this Minnesota team pretty high in the Big Ten West going in. Uh, but he hasn't really given P.J. Fleck what he's wanted. They really have not found a replacement for Rashad Bateman, who was so crucial to Minnesota's 11-2 uh, and or 11-1 and campaign a couple years back. And really, they've had trouble replacing guys on offense, and it's shown down the line. Tanner Morgan, who was once uh, a top quarterback in this draft, I saw ranked as the ninth or tenth best quarterback this week. So a lot of fall off and some disappointment, especially in the passing game for Minnesota, but an offense that's going to test a Maryland team to really stop the run, make the basic plays, tackle well, and and will really test out the Terps linebackers, Brandon Jennings and Ruben Hippolyte, even though Jennings, uh, very concerningly, still isn't listed on the depth chart, but insiders have said that Brandon Jennings should be uh, a go for Maryland on Saturday. Yeah, and the Terps have seen Tanner Morgan before. We play, They played them last year in, in what was a good game for the Terps. Actually, a good game overall, 45-44 win for the Terps in overtime. But So I'm interested to see if they've taken anything from that game that they'll use this weekend to get any hints on what Tanner Morgan usually does in the pocket, outside the pocket, and, and what what hurts him and what, uh, what doesn't bid well for him in, in the game-time situations. Yeah, and Morgan, not a running quarterback, but one of the things that I'm focusing in on this week, Jack, for Maryland, really is that intensity level and, and the gap assignments on this defense from their linebackers, uh, from their defensive linemen. I think you're going to see a lot more guys like Anthony Booker uh, in there on the defensive line, those second and third guys, Taz Johnson, Darrell Jackson. Uh, some of the more low-key B-team defensive linemen are going to have to take increased roles, roles because of how much Minnesota is going to attempt to run the ball. The guy that I'm really afraid of running it and breaking one is Tanner Morgan. He does move around a little bit in the pocket. Uh, he wears a big knee brace on that leg, but he's got some mobility to him. And Maryland, even against quarterbacks that have lacked uh, the ability to run the ball, have given up big quarterback runs in, in crucial situations. I wouldn't be surprised if I see Morgan break one with Maryland uh, having so much gap assignment issues, especially against Ohio State. Yeah, and one, thing, one more thing to watch out with this Minnesota offense is Cole Kramer, the backup quarterback. They usually bring him in for wildcat type of situations. But in last week's game against Nebraska, they faked out a wildcat, and he actually threw the ball down the field. So he, he's a multifaceted quarterback, so I would watch out for him on Saturday. And that's a great point, especially in the red zone spots where Minnesota is trying to score. And, and frankly, I think most coaches watching film on Maryland over the last two weeks and you know, these guys that study up or in Maryland and Minnesota who seem to play almost every year, you got to think that Maryland's not in a good spot. And the easiest way to demoralize a team that's that's low on confidence coming in is to run the ball straight at him and have success. And I think P.J. Flex is going to try and do that. That's the kind of old school football coach he is. And now let's talk a little bit about what Maryland needs to do on the offensive side of the ball, because, well, Jack, we just spent, I think, the most time we spent all year talking about the Terps defense and what they need to do. Uh, what do you need to see out of Leah this week in this offense uh, who took another big shot with the loss of Jay Sean Jones for the season? Yeah, Minnesota's defense doesn't play a lot of man-to-man, -man, so Leah's going to be faced with trying to move the safeties and finding the holes in the defense in Minnesota's zone. But it's also on the receivers in, in the passing game to find those zones and kind of sit in the pockets where Minnesota defenders aren't. So it'll be interesting to see how they take on that challenge, especially like you were saying without now Jay Sean Jones as well. Yeah, it's going to be a game, and we talked about this in our last podcast, 
the bye week breakdown that we did is who can step up at wide receiver? Is it Dino Tomlin? Is it Marcus Fleming? Is it Deja McDougal? Who's really going to find uh, a role here at wide receiver? And I think this is the game where you're going to see Coach Loxley and this offensive coaching staff rotate a lot of guys through uh, those young guys that Maryland hasn't really had a chance to prove out because this position room has been so crowded are going to get your chance to play. And it's going to be a battle. Whoever can make the big play is going to be on the field. This is where your coaching staff really has to hold that iron sharpens iron competition attitude is now there's no clear top dog. I would love to think it's Rakim Jarrett, but catch volume wise, he's just not there. Who can be that down every down wide receiver? I hope it's Jarrett and Daryl Jones, but we're going to see a lot of guys rotating through here, including some names that we really haven't seen much in the past in the other spot. Uh, that I'm focusing in on is what can Maryland's run game do? If you're going to be playing a Minnesota team that's going to hold the ball a long time, Maryland's got to move the chains even when they don't score to keep that defense off the field. The Terps are going to have to find some luck in the run game with Teon Fleet Davis, get it out to him on the outside, make Minnesota run. You're playing a team that's not as athletic as Iowa, that's not as athletic as Ohio State. So go back to what works for you. Stretch the team out, then hit them up the middle uh, with those deep routes. They're just going to have to get Lee on the same page with these receivers. And I think stick to the run like they tried to last week, and and I think it will pay dividends this week. Yeah, and that's the thing about this Minnesota defense, at least, is that two weeks ago against Purdue, they they let up over 350 passing yards, but last week they let up well over 100 yards rushing. So I feel like there are multiple ways to beat this Minnesota team. Maryland just has to choose which one they want to go at and potentially go at both at the same time. Yeah, and Minnesota's really been all over the place in terms of the defense. They uh, blanked Colorado earlier in the year. Bowling Green, while they beat them, only scored 14 points. Uh, Purdue, an offense that showed that it, it has some moves, only put up 13 against them. But as you mentioned, Jack racked up a lot of yards. Last week, Nebraska kind of scored around that average number. They put up 23 against the Golden Gophers uh, with 377 total yards, 241 through the air, 136 on the ground. Adrian Martinez, I thought, had a pretty good game. Completion percentage wasn't all the way there. But, you know, Martinez finds a way to do a lot of damage to a defense. They make him think about the run and the pass. I would love to see Maryland kind of play off of that, seeing that Nebraska put up a handful of points and say, hey, Leo, we want to get you out on the edge where you can be active, roll out a little bit, you know, hurt this Minnesota team like you did last year a lot with your legs and have that success through the air that we know you can have through that. Now, a factor that I'm not really haven't considered much until sitting down and talking through this game with you, Jack, is I'm interested to see where Leah's confidence is at. This is the first time, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Leah has faced a similar opponent that he's already played. He had a lot of success against Minnesota last year, uh, but Maryland did not play Ohio State. They did not play Illinois, and they did not play Iowa last year. Uh, along with no out-of-conference games. So this is the first game as a Maryland Terrapin, the first repeat opponent for the Terps quarterback, and it's against a team that he torched in Minnesota a year ago. I think that will have a positive effect on his confidence. That will get him in a good rhythm early, and it's just a matter of these receivers making plays for him, getting him going, and and hopefully we will see a good close game because we have not seen – well, the Illinois game I don't really classify as a good football game. It was close, but – we haven't really seen a good, well-played, high-scoring Maryland football game. I think this one has the opportunity to be that game. And, Jack, I'm going to say it, and I'll hold my score prediction for the end, but I think Maryland comes out on top. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, and I had mentioned it when talking about the Maryland defense and Tanner Morgan about how 
this Maryland defense has seen Tanner Morgan before. It's the same thing with Leah. He's played against Minnesota. He's played against his defense and their scheme before. So it's interesting to see if he's going to take anything he learned from last year and bring it into this weekend. And I, I agree with you. It's interesting to see coming off of another big loss, how he responds and what, what kind of performance he's going to put together for Saturday. Yeah, and the Terps will certainly uh, need that out of their quarterback. I think from the offensive line perspective, Maryland matches up fairly well. And I think position by position overall talent, other than the offensive line where Minnesota has has a pretty big group, I think Maryland has the advantage in a lot of spots. Minnesota a little bit more of a veteran team uh, that brings in players and is a little bit further along developing their program while the Terps still building up. But as we talked about in our last episode, Jack, this is – the game of the season. They have got to win this game, in my opinion, if they really want people to take them seriously and want to feel secure in the chance and the opportunity to win six games. Uh, Jack, to me, at least, this is a defining moment for Mike Loxley. What do you think about uh, Loxley's career and, and how this may be a defining moment for him? Yeah, we've been talking a lot about it. It's the fact that since Loxley's been here, we've uh, Maryland's gotten off to great starts, and it's when we get when they get to that big game, they ultimately fall way short. So it's interesting. It will be interesting to see another bounce back type of performance if they can put one together. Because last year, I wouldn't really say with all the cancellations, they were able to put one of those performances together. Two years ago, they definitely were not able to. So as we've been talking about, this team we believe is better than it in past years, but. It, it's it's these types of games where they got to come out with the win, and and I'm excited to see what kind of performance they come out with. But um, this is just another another big road game. We've talked about it in the past. Leah has not played well on the road in Big Ten environments, so it's just another big type of road game that they need to show out for, and we'll, we'll see if they can do just that. Yeah, and that that is really the story: is how can this team put it together? How can they move forward? Play to their standards. Uh, Jack, you mentioned the quarterback. For me, it, it's it's across the board. You know, this team has got to play to what is potential at every position group. No one player on this Maryland team, as much as I would like to think they have that quarterback, I think the film has shown otherwise. When he tries to carry them, that's when this team is the weakest. This needs to be a team effort, top to bottom. They have to get strong play from the middle of their defense, and those corners cannot have guys running wide open into the end zone like they did last week. They just have to see improvement every facet of the game, especially special teams, uh, to win this. Because Maryland and Minnesota have played a lot of weird football games. Uh, the one that comes to my mind, at least the most prevalent one, is the game where Max Bortenschlager started for Maryland. Uh, and they were able to pull out a win on the road at Minnesota a few years back. And and I guess the last fully coached Durkin year maybe that game was in. Um, they've played a lot of weird games between these two. Special teams plays weird uh, turnovers can define it. So... It's a matter of, you know, limiting the big play, making Minnesota drive the ball up in the up and down the field, and then, you know, finding that little bit of lightning in the bottle that this offense has got, get it rolling, and then we'll see where we are from there. Uh, it's really tough to game plan for Maryland just because you don't really know what Maryland you're going to get. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, Mason, if you could pick one key to focus on for for the Terps, on both, on one on offense, one on defense, what are you most looking for for Maryland to come out with the win on Saturday? Yeah, Jack, on offense, I am looking for the simple plays to return to it, the rhythm plays, the little chest passes, the inside slant, uh, and then a couple shot plays down the field. I know that Maryland's biggest uh, deep ball targets are, but consistency in the passing game, those consistent completions, uh, they got to come back. Maryland's got to get into a rhythm using the slant and swing pass. 
Yeah, definitely. One thing for me with the offense, it's got to be getting out to a fast start. I feel like in every win that they've had, especially that West Virginia game, where it was it was a big game environment, they were able to come out with the win. They got out to a fast start. So I think, like you were saying, maybe those short passes, the slants, the swing routes, that gets them going early. But I think that's one key that has to happen if they want to come out with the win. For me on defense, it's stopping the run, but not particularly every down. It's limiting first down four-plus-yard gains, uh, that is my key. You cannot have second-and-short situations where you expose your defensive backfield to deep shot plays that you know P.J. Fleck, Fleck is going to pull out uh, with his offense and trying to get move the ball more effectively. you got to limit those first-down runs. That's my key on defense. Yeah, you actually stole my defensive key. So instead, I'll go with, I'll go with the Maryland linebackers. I think especially because of Minnesota's run game, and play-action passing, they have to be attentive to what is going on. Obviously, if it's play-action, they can't be sucked in by that and let the receivers run right past them. So they have to be, they have to be focused and know what's going on and, and, and basically watch out for the, the play-action because that's where Tanner Morgan did most of his damage, especially last week. Yeah, Jack, and, and looking back on the Ohio State game and watching some, re-watching some of the bigger plays in that, a play that I'm looking for Minnesota to run in this game, we'll see if they do it or not, running back wheel route out of a shotgun or off of play action, have that running back carry out of the backfield and run a wheel route up the right or left side of the field. Uh, Maryland led up a big play on that where they got lost and sucked into the play. Last week, I think Minnesota's going to try and do some damage with a wheel route in this game. Yeah, and that's one facet where I think Maryland really gets confused a lot of times on defense when there's a lot of motion side to side. As you're talking about that wheel route, I think that is one area that could give Maryland a lot of trouble if they're not really attentive and paying attention to what is going on with all the motion and, and matching up well uh, before the play starts. Yeah, there's just a lot of keys that Maryland's got to focus on, but they get a lot of guys back. Jacorian Bennett and Kenny Bennett, two veteran players back in the defensive backfield. The Terps uh, also hopefully will get Brandon Jennings back and just overall health. You know, Maryland was very banged up going into that Ohio State game. They now have the bye week to recover. So a lot of Terps are going to be back out there. Guys are going to be back at 100 percent and she'll be flying around the field. Uh, Jack, anything else that you want to focus in on? If there's if there's one more thing that I would focus on, it's it's as you're saying, the fast start. But it's also going to be Loxley's play calling, the scripted first drive, I think. They've kind of gotten away from that the past couple of games with with the blowouts, but I think that's another thing to focus on is how Loxley kind of game plans for this first drive, which which is going to be important to them getting out to that fast start. Yeah, and and that's a great point. And the other side of the ball, I think, is very important. Can Maryland force a punt on the first drive of the game? Uh, can they have some confidence? Can they get the good vibes going on defense too? You know, a lot of people, and I think rightfully so, focused on this offense, but now I think this defense is also down on themselves and has not been playing to its potential. How can Brian Stewart's aggressive tactics get back involved, see some really aggressive play on those linebackers, as you mentioned, and and really find some big plays on defense, force a turnover, get some sacks, you know, get back into the way they were playing week one, uh, two, and three. And, you know, going back to that Illinois game, it seemed like Maryland really had something with this defense, but we haven't really seen that team since. Guys like Greg Rose that gave him big plays and looking to have bounce back games that have kind of been a little quiet these past couple of weeks. And I think Maryland will come out with a much better result. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a good point. And just moving on, what what is your score prediction for this weekend, Mason? Yeah, I think we see a little bit of higher scoring game. Uh, I, I was surprised to see Maryland as much of an underdog as they were coming in. 
I think the Terps do come out with a win 31 to 27 on the road. Jack, how about you? Yeah, I, I definitely anticipate this one being a little bit high scoring as well, just based off the, the two defenses not playing up to their usual standards. So I'm going to go Maryland 38, Minnesota 34. So both of us have Maryland in the win column. Uh, do with that what you will. Uh, last week we were both right with the uh, loss picks. Not Neither of us really got the margin quite right, but we both picked Maryland <laughs> in a loss against Ohio State. So hopefully uh, we continue when we both pick the game as a Terps uh, win or loss, continue to get that right, and Maryland pulls away with the win. Uh, we will be back to break this game down next week and look forward to the Terps' homecoming game against Indiana for Mason Viner and Jack Rothenberg signing off. And as always, thanks for listening.